Today, we've got the host of our Spanish and German podcast back, and they've got lots of tips and strategies from themselves and their guests on a wide variety of topics such as Amazon image creation, KDP, Amazon handmade, European marketplaces, and much more. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hey guys, heads up. Kevin King is the new host of the AMPM podcast. So if you love Amazon strategy, make sure to subscribe to it. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, take a listen to AM slash PM podcast just by searching for it on that platform. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted and unrehearsed, organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got a couple of our hosts from different uh, parts of the world here today. We've got Adriana from from Mexico and Marcus, uh, who is in Europe right now. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hi, Bradley. Thank you for having us. Hey, Bradley. It's really great to have you both here. This is now, we just celebrated two full years of Serious Sellers Podcast and Espanol Serious Sellers Podcast auf Deutsch. And the numbers have been going up, you know, record months uh, this year. Um, it's really great to, to see what you guys have created just from zero, like literally zero. And now you've got podcasts that are listened uh, to by thousands of people um, out there. Uh, we, we have YouTube now, uh, you know, for the podcast. So guys, make sure if if you speak German or Spanish, you need to be listening to Serious Sellers Podcast in Espanol or Auf Deutsch. You can search for either of that on whatever you're listening to this on, even on uh, YouTube. Now we're doing full videos so you can get kind of like a better vibe of it as well. So, so, so guys, this is, this is uh, really cool. And just one more thing that's new, we'll go ahead and promote it right now, is that you guys are now hosting in Spanish and German like monthly networking calls, Zoom calls uh, for Spanish and German speaking community. So, so Adriana, tell us about yours. Like, like when, um, you, we just had the first one on December 6th, but is it always like on the 6th or is it going to be like the second Tuesday of each month or, or how is yours <laughs> going to work and how can people sign up uh, for it? Yes, of course. We're meeting every the first Wednesday of every month. Uh, so I'm not sure what that is for January, but of course that's going to change for February as well. So basically mm -hmm. the first Wednesday of every month at 6 p.m. Uh, Mexico City time. And, and yeah, people can sign up. Uh, they just need to visit our link h10.me slash mm -hmm. and then llamada con Adriana. And, and that's it. You can, and that way you will get the reminders and the link to join us in a live call, networking call every, every Wednesday. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Now, Marcus, uh, you too are, uh, just had your first ever German, uh, call, uh, in December, but starting in January, uh, when is it going to be? And also what is the uh, link for it? Yeah, we want to keep it simple. It's the first Monday of the month, 12 o'clock. And, uh, the link is, h10.me um, slash elite dash de. All right, h10.me forward slash elite dash de for yes. German speakers. And when you say 12 p.m., that's 12 p.m. Ger uh, Germany time? 12 p.m. German time, correct. Perfect, perfect. Uh, speaking of Germany, guys, I'm going to be in Germany. I'm not sure if uh, anybody out there is going to be in, uh, in town, but I'm going to be out there on uh, January 27th in Berlin 
going to be speaking at an event and also I will be um, hosting an elite workshop. So if you guys are interested in going for the uh, event I'm speaking at, h10.me forward slash Germany. So h10.me forward slash Germany. All right, enough of the kind of like uh, logistics here. Uh, I think uh, hopefully if you're a Spanish or German speaking uh, person, you got enough information there to, to take advantage of these. Everything we just mentioned is free resources uh, for the community. But, you know, you guys, let's start off with what I like to do is because I don't, uh, you know, I obviously can't speak German, so I can't uh, listen to the episodes and understand what's going on. So I'm going to first start with you, Marcus. Um, what are some notable guests you've had in the year that really had like some really cool strategies or a really cool story that you can uh, relate to us? Yeah, it, um, really some really awesome guest, and it's hard to <laughs> make um, any kind of selection. Uh, but uh, one recent one was from GS1, the company who mm. is uh, doing the UPC codes. And um, he, um, the employee, he told me that they are preparing a big change. They want to go in the ne couple of next years from barcodes to QR codes, and they call it as a 3D code. And that will be more than just a number to uh, identify your product uh, that will have a um, like an access for you to um, for marketing for example the customer um, I mean obviously obviously the, the shop can scan the uh, QR code see the price and um, but the customer can scan it as well and you can um, you can you can um, put your promotions in it or for example, like um, giveaways, anything. And um, he says it will e even support uh, promotions day by day. You can you can have one promotion set on a Monday, something different on a weekend. Or um, like if there's like a bad batch produced, you can add it into that um, QR code and at the, the, the cashier will, will know, oh, I shouldn't sell that. So there will be a lot of uh, functions and features coming, and I mean that's well, that will be a, a big task. They will have to yeah. um, change all systems in all shops worldwide. But yeah, that will be something very interesting for marketing. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, because you know the traditional barcodes is kind of like what the world's been used to for so long. But the move to QR and having extra information there that'll definitely be interesting. All right, uh, going to Adriana now, what about your first uh, kind of story that comes from your mind or strategy or something that one of your guests in the last year uh, talked about? Yeah, well, one of the highlights is that we had Amazon join us on a call or on, a, on an episode for the podcast, maybe a couple of uh, weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago. And that was great because uh, we had the opportunity to ask them stuff such as, you know, what's up with seller support? How can we best go about um, getting an issue fixed? You know, let's say something happens to your listing, your listing is down or an FBA shipment or, you know, these things we, we deal with as a sellers on a weekly basis, right? And so that was a big one. I, I, I was very excited to have them on a call because, you know, it's our opportunity to get uh, answers, right? Instead of, you know, mm -hmm. searching in forums or asking other people, it came directly from them. And they gave us really interesting tips uh, for how to go about uh, certain issues. And also they shared with us really interesting, well, insights, of course, but also resources on how we can learn more about the platform, et cetera. Right. And I think that this is very valuable because it comes directly from, from the, mar uh, 
how do you say the horse's mouth or yeah, I guess directly mm-hmm. from Amazon. So that was a, yeah. a lot of fun. That was two weeks ago. And as I said, I, for me, the main takeaway that I got from, from them was basically how to work the seller support uh, system to get them to answer um, and, and fix our issue as opposed to getting, you know, like the uh, template uh, response that we sometimes get when they don't understand what is it that we need help with. Okay, cool. Now I'm curious, how are your own Amazon businesses uh, going? Like, are are you? Do you think you're going to be up this year than than before, or how how have things been going for you? So for me, 2023 has been a good year actually compared to 2022. 2022 was weird. Um, I sell in the outdoor sports category. So 2020 was amazing because, of course, at least the, the second half of 2020, because, of course, everyone wants to be out of the house and, and someplace, you know, that was outdoors, not, not indoors at a restaurant or at a mall. So it was it was a great year uh, sales-wise. 2021 as well. 2022, it had, yeah, I experienced a, a dip, I would say, because everyone was, you know, out and back in the clubs and the restaurants and the concerts and all of that. So people just forgot about outdoor sports. And then 2023 came back strong. Um, of course, I did focus a lot on on my ranking and uh, yeah, basically like uh, optimizing my listing and all of that. My images, especially, I, I was like, you know what, like if I up my conversion rate, then everything else will fall into place in a way, you know, like my ads and all of that. I do my own PPC, but I'm like, you know what, as long as the conversion goes up, then I can send as much traffic as I want via ads and it should convert, right? Like it should uh, turn into sales. So 2023 was great and I'm hoping for a good 2024. Um, I want to expand my, my product line and I also want to work on getting more traffic to my website and yeah, basically growing that channel too. Okay, cool. Now, uh, going back to uh, Marcus. So, yeah. Marcus, what about for for your Amazon businesses, your communities? What's some trends that you've seen this year? Like, especially since your community and, and you are, are mainly selling in, in Europe, like are, are things in, is there inflation in Europe? Is things getting harder? Is, is competition getting more? What's going on in the European Amazon market? Um, it's an interesting question because like um, over the years I always got uh, that kind of question um, is it still worth it uh, should you still start Amazon but that somehow that dried out um, everybody knows that Amazon is big um, and I mean like yeah like the whole world is in a tough time I guess right now um, but um, as um, I see like um, Amazon sellers they are doing good they're doing well okay excellent excellent now um on the strategy side, you know, like one of your specialties and, and you have people in your community who are specialists about this is, is like, you know, photography and, and, and things like that. What do you see as kind of like working now? What, what's some, what's some tips you can give the audience about like how they can really make sure their, their image, uh, image deck and or videos are really, you know, better than the competition. Uh, yeah, actually I have uh, two photography uh, related tips. And um, first one is from uh, JP. He was a guest um, in the podcast. Um, he's a quite young guy, but like living the dream, traveling to through Bali, Thailand, uh, and doing Amazon FBA. He's like selling a lot. And he also started a photography business. Um, but he has a, a totally different approach. He doesn't need your product. Um, you're hmm. providing photos from your smartphone. He's... You get um, a tutorial. You have to send him six photos from every site, 
And here's a team who does a 3D rendering of that product. And um, uh, that way he's at a price point that's just a fraction that you expect for product photography. And um, yeah, his team will do a 3D model of your product that looks like totally photorealistic. And they will put it into lifestyle photos, put it into um, uh, infographics and send you the whole the product shots that you expect, but mm. without touching your products. And I mean, one one thing is interest. It's interesting for people who sell, who just start out or sell products that have like two thousand, five thousand dollars of revenue, but also people who don't have time. Because imagine um, your product is being produced in China right now, and you don't have a master sample right now, and as soon as the first product is finished in China, you can ask your manufacturer, uh, do these photos for me with your smartphone, send it over. He does um, your product shots. And um, the moment your delivery arrives in your local warehouse, uh, you already have your listing completed. By the way, that website is uh, jpd-advertising.com. And... Yeah, that's um, what I thought. I think I remember, you know, I, again, I, I remember I don't, you know, I, I don't speak German, but I remember yeah. that episode because I, I I look at the videos just just to like see how they look. And he looked like a, like a, like almost like a, like a TikTok celebrity or, or something yeah. like yeah, the crazy, <laughs> like, crazy hair, right? Yeah, Is yeah, that the yeah, guy? Yeah, who, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. There, there, <laughs> there we go. Cool. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's interesting because just recently Amazon announced that there's no longer going to be, um, the 360 degree images hmm. that wow. have been for a while. Like if you look at the project X coffin shelf, it has it like we didn't, yeah. we didn't put it there. Amazon just did it themselves. It's being replaced with a 3d image that I think you can, you can still like turn around. And then they were saying that all they need, they're, they're making some kind of app where you can actually take the images uh -huh. with your phone and then mm -hmm. the amazon app i'm assuming or something yeah and then submit it so that's 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 an interesting you know uh concept because you know like i'm still using like traditional photography studios yeah. and and that's you know logistically you know you have to send the product there and right. then they you know they have to to shoot it so have you seen images that or ha have you seen listings that actually came from this model where, where they just take the pictures and they do it 3d and it looks realistic or, or what, what's your experience with looking at, uh, at that? Uh, yeah i mean i i uh, saw it on his uh, listings he uh, sells uh, thirty thousand units a month and um he's just using his service of course how, so, wait, how many units Thirty thousand a month he's uh, selling wow. uh, europe us japan wow it's Pretty quite crazy. quite busy yeah wow Cool. All right, so that's a good one. Let's go back to uh, uh, Adriana. Either a, a stra another strategy or 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 some kind of cool story from from your experience. Yes, uh, going back to technology, per, per Marcus comment, I feel like um, many people, many sellers that want to be able to grow without having to invest all of their money into you know launching a ton of SKUs or. Uh, paying people to to write blog posts for them or Kindle books for them, etc. I I am seeing how many people that come on the podcast they say how they work with um, either either they do it themselves basically they they use ChatGPT to create content they are using this 
um, tools such as Midjourney, et cetera, AI tools basically to help them create content, to ha- help them uh, generate user generating content, et cetera, right? And so <clears throat> I chatted with Fer uh, Caspin. Uh, she, she was episode 90, actually episode 100 uh, a couple of weeks ago. And she was telling me how she, well, first of all, sh- the way she gets ideas on how to expand her product line. She goes to her competitor's stores and she's like, okay, let me see what else they're selling. Right. And they, some, and she sometimes finds ideas that way for complementary or supplementary products to grow her product line. And she says that it's actually very easy to launch these new SKUs because of course she already has the uh, relationship with the manufacturer. And it's a matter of basically j- just sending other products that can be, uh, that, that can actually you know, sell on their own or become uh, kits, right? Or uh, become mm-hmm. a, a, bl- a brand new SKU. And she was telling me how she even launches a, a Kindle book with every SKU that she, or with every main product that she l- launches under her brand. And so, of course, she she can do this very easily because she can either get a BA to to write it for her, that, that, that content for the Kindle book, or she can do it via ChatGPT, which I think is like you know, this is something we couldn't do maybe a year ago. Right. And, and that way she, of course, she adds a thank you card inside of, uh, of her product. And then, you know, for, for them to get the free Kindle book, because it's, I feel like people see a Kindle book, uh, like a more valuable, I, I would say gift as opposed as, you know, like just like a regular, regular PDF. And so, mm-hmm you know, she tells them that they will, that she will give them the, the Kindle book, access to the Kindle book for free. And then she gets that email. And then of course, uh, through email marketing, basically she sends a coupon, uh, for, you know, a 10% off, 20% off. Um, so they shop the product via her Shopify, um, page basically. Right. And that's how she starts creating her email list. And then of course she has, when, when people visit her site, her Shopify site, they see that she has, you know, six or eight SKUs, right? And so people, I feel like six or eight SKUs is a a good enough quantity to, you know, for people to see like, oh, you know, this is a a legit brand, right? Like this is not a a brand that, you know, only has one product and that's it. And she says that it's like a fairly easy um, and it, it doesn't exhaust her, basically her resources to launch a, you know, like a complete brand um, off of one product, really. Uh, you know, she mm. finds the main product and then she gets ideas on what else to add, what other SKUs to add, and of course, grow her Shopify brand, get the images from either uh, Midjourney or, you know, um, get different variations of, of the content. ChatGPT for the uh, for the text for the Kindle, or if you want to, I mean, you can create the first draft with ChatGPT and then uh, have uh, a VA basically look, you know, do some editing on, 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 on her part. And that's about it. And I was like, okay, I mean, that sounds like, like something, uh, we can all do. Even I feel like when I have some, a guest in, in the podcast, I try to find useful information for sellers that are starting out and that maybe they have a full-time job, right. And they don't have, you know, eight or 10 hours a day to put into this business. Uh, or, and maybe they don't have a ton of, you know, uh, money to put into the business. So, finding ways to basically leverage technology and leverage, uh, you know, help from VAs, et cetera, to, to build a brand, uh, and, you know, have a brand in a matter of maybe six months. Okay. Uh, is she doing this in English or Spanish? English in the U S market. English. Okay. All mm-hmm. right, cool. 
Um, Marcus, in, in, in let, let me give you a couple scenarios here. Uh, talking about Amazon Europe, under what scenario would you suggest somebody in or outside of Europe to, or would you suggest that they only launch in one marketplace to to start? Like, hey, you know, go ahead and start in UK or go ahead and start in Germany. Um, or would you always recommend, you know, you, you should go ahead and take advantage of the Amazon Europe network and at least start in a few marketplaces. Is there a scenario where you would suggest one or the other or it's all one or all the other? I mean, like it's uh, up to you. Um, if you're from the US, you could start in UK and you already can um, reuse your listing, your PPC campaigns because it's the same language. Um, Germany is the biggest market. That would be also a great test if your product works in Europe. And if it works in Germany, you could go to the smaller markets. I mean, France is still quite big, um, Italy and Spain as well. And then it gets a lot smaller. But yeah, that could be a good strategy to start in one of the bigger countries to test your product and um, then go all all Europe. Okay. Now, as far as those smaller ones go, like, are there any that you think is going to one day become, you know, better than the others? Because I think the, the the core five is is the UK, Germany, Italy, France, and Spain. And then, yes. like, there's a big gap, you know, between all of the the new ones. Like, right. I, I forgot, like, Netherlands and Poland and a bunch of others. Like, are there any of those lower ones that you think are better than than, 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 than the other? Or, or they're all kind of just, like, equally low? Yeah, I mean, it's a um, question of the population and... Um, um, I guess like the Scandinavian uh, countries are also very interesting, but yeah, you already named uh, the top countries for the moment. Okay. So now I'm just curious about, about like VAT and things like that. So let, you know, there's obviously not an Amazon in every country. So I'm assuming that, or you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm living in Austria, am I ordering from Amazon Germany or what website am I using if I'm just living in in that country trying to uh, buy something yeah actually Aust austria shares the website with germany you order from um okay. from the german website and then so in that case like i know like with for vat do i have to have vat in every country i'm selling things in from day one or it's only until i hit like a certain kind uh, or amount of revenue in that country is it by country or is it by marketplace but and what i mean by that is all right well there is no marketplace in austria so does that mean i never have to have a vat for austria or or how, how even does this work because i've never sold yeah, that, over there that, that's a good question and that's where it gets a bit uh, complicated so um, austria shares the website with germany but mm -hmm. there are warehouses in austria and as mm -hmm. soon as you got your um, products in the warehouse in that country then you have to register for VAT number in every single country uh, that you have your products in. And, Regardless uh, how much you sell. Yes. And, uh, and Amazon has 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 a uh, program for that um, where they help you uh, with that um, VAT um, okay. declarations. Okay, cool. All right, uh, back to Adriana. Uh, another story or strategy that you can share with us? Yes, so I interviewed... Um, uh, Noemi from Spain. Uh, I know there's a big, big community in, in Spain. 
uh, that basically they they do Amazon full time. And she was telling me how actually she works with another two partners. I have one, I had one of the of her partners here at the podcast too. And she was telling me how she is growing her Amazon business through Amazon Handmade. And I was like, oh, interesting, because I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess we usually we focus on you know the regular Amazon program to launch uh, you know uh, products. And she was telling me how she works with people. Um, People that uh, artisans, I w- yeah, that's the correct uh, term, right? Artisans is is that a, a term mm-hmm. in English? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's that, that's English, but it's too fancy for my language. But I, I know what that means. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> um, she basically, so she likes doing you know uh, uh, handmade stuff uh, for herself too. But she started basically connecting with artisans in Spain. Uh, apparently, and I didn't know this. I mean, I've, I've traveled to Spain for for vacations, but I haven't, you know, spent much time there, but she was telling me that there is a big, big network of artisans in Spain. And of course, as she was saying this, I was like, oh my God, I mean, I'm, I'm from Mexico. And of course there are a ton of artisans here in Mexico, like a ton, 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 especially cities such as like, uh, of course, Mexico city, Guadalajara, etc. And she was telling me how she has scaled this because the thing, I guess the first thing that comes to mind to us, Amazon sellers were like, yeah, but how are we going to scale this? this business and she's managing, I mean, she, she's, she's managing to uh, scale her business, um, because she, of course she doesn't do or like work on this product herself, of course. Right. Like she has a network Mm -hmm. of of artisans. And I was, I was thinking as she was, uh, telling this to me, I was like, yeah, that's true. I mean, I see when I travel to the U S how much more expensive, uh, or like highly priced these products that we, manufacturer in Mexico are, are selling in the U S mm-hmm. right. Only mm-hmm. because they're like unique and they are, and they are just like more attractive than, you know, like the, the regular product. And I was like, Oh wow, this is interesting. Like, I guess I always knew that the, there was th- that option over there, but I just didn't see how we could scale that, but it makes sense. I mean, if you just work with artisans and you already know, you know, like you start and, and of course one artisan connects you with another artisan and, and that's the way it yep. goes. And she, I mean, she sells a lot of, you know, um, at the end of the day, a lot of units of different SKUs and, you know, the price point, that's at least where my mind went. Right. I was like, you have no competition really, because if it's something very unique, then of course you can play with your pricing strategies, but Usually you won't be uh, concerned with, you know, someone else, a competitor lowering their prices or, you know, uh, going 30% off, you know, of the sal- uh, sales price, et cetera. So I was like, that's interesting. I mean, even you don't have to be selling a ton of units a day to be making good money because if you have 40% margins or, or 50% mar- margins or even more, because I've seen in, you know, in the U.S. at, at the retail shops, how they sell Mexican or yeah, artisan, uh, you know, yep. this type of products and they sell, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, do people buy these products at this price? And I know how much they, they, uh, go for in Mexico. So I was like, oh, this yeah. is very interesting. And so I thought that was a very interesting, I think that was episode 98 with Noemi. She's based in Spain and yeah, I mean, Spain. Is has she a doing all of this of- in Spain or she's doing the- this in Amazon USA? No, Amazon. No, she's doing it in Spain. And I think she expanded already to uh, Europe, basically. You know how they have oh, that. I didn't that, even uh, know there was Amazon handmade in, in Europe, uh, yeah. uh, in Spain. and other. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, oh, interesting. Yeah, definitely a way to make it. The, the key that, of that you mentioned there is the no competition. You know, like, exactly. like this is a very <laughs> unique product. It's not a cookie cutter, you know, by definition. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, back to Marcus. Uh, one last story or strategy from you. Yeah, one last story. Uh, that's from uh, Michael. He doesn't sell on Amazon. He runs an Amazon agency called Me2You. But he's like the Amazon de detective. He's every day on the website looking, what is Amazon testing right now? What, what did they change right now? Uh, what do other um, uh, sellers miss? And he's like, he comes with the craziest things. And one thing he told me, like, um, would you start to sell a drinking bottle on Amazon? I mean, that's like super Me, probably not. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, everything is the same. You just fill water in it and that's it. So it's difficult to stand out. And there's a company, they found a way to differentiate themselves. It's called Arab. And uh, they have a small cartridge on top. And you can uh -huh. get it in all kinds of flavor, like uh, sherry, melon, whatever. And when you drink your water, you still drink 100% water, but you breathe the sherry What? flavor. So you your mind is drinking like sherry juice, but you're still drinking wow. 100% water. And But the thing is, he, he pointed out that they just sell the bottle and the cartridges. But if you have like all your different flavors and you want to change them during the week, what do you do with your cartridges? So you need like airtight, an airtight um, sealed box for it. And people okay. are searching on, for that. You can see it in Cerebro. And, but they don't sell it. They just concentrate on their bottle. So every, every Amazon seller should uh, find like a, like, like a, imagine like Apple um, are selling just their iPhone and you can sell chargers and cases. Like I, I bet there's like in every niche, there's something yep. like with a big innovation and the company is just focusing on the product. So yeah, that was a really uh, awesome takeaway to look yeah. for. Two, well, two things is, there. Uh, what, you know, what, number what, one is yeah. never think that a niche is a hundred percent saturated because there's always like a fresh idea you could you could bring. And then number two, you don't always have to be the one that has that idea. You know, let somebody yeah. else come up with the idea. But then, how can you take advantage of that? Like, is there a, a unique storage or a unique accessory that's that yeah. that's needed? I really maybe uh, even a coffin really shelf like to store your cartridges. <laughs> there, hey, there you go. Hey, yeah. for a, a coffin shelf to store your your water bottle cartridges. I'll, I'll get, I'll get on that. Um, okay. an, uh, an I'll give you guys or everybody here a preview of a coming episode. Um, I'm launching some new Project X products, and mm -hmm. one of them is a bat shaped bathroom mat or <laughs> or or rug. Uh, and then potentially might make a coffin one as well, but you know the the, the possibilities are are endless, and that's that's yeah. one of the ways that you could that you could you know also get into saturated niche is is take a saturated niche like bath mats, you know, like they're going for like ten dollars, you know, and, and I, we, who knows how they're even making margin on it. But then, do you bring in a unique material? like make a bamboo one or make a coffin shaped one or a bat shaped one for like spooky. So you can almost take any niche on Amazon that's saturated and just come in with a unique idea or unique design or unique material. And now all of a sudden it's not saturated because you're the only one who who has that. So uh, uh, I like that. All right, so now before we ask for your final strategies, your 30 second or 60 second tips, um, How can they find you guys on the interwebs? They know how to find your your, your Helium 10 podcast, but both of you have you know uh, audiences and communities out there. Uh, Marcus, uh, how can they find uh, your communities uh, on the internet? 
You can look on YouTube for Amazon FBA by Marcus and everything else is linked inside the videos. Okay. Adriana? Yes, for me, my YouTube channel is Adriana Rangel Vende, just like that, Adriana Rangel Vende. Um, and yeah, in there, there you can find everything else that I have going on. And I have a free, uh, like 90 minute, like masterclass, I would call it because I go from product research to like keyword research to, uh, what kind of keywords you need to put in your listing, et cetera. So yeah, I would, uh, for people that maybe need some, uh, uh free resources to kind of like figure out how this works, I would, uh, advise you check out that video. So Adriana Rangel Bende in YouTube. All right. Uh, Adriana, like, do you have any last, uh, maybe 30 second tip or, or parting words of wisdom for the audience out there? Yes. Well, you know, one topic that I've seen uh, guests come with and share with us in the podcast has been basically focusing, uh, you know, at the first, uh, the, you know, when we start our business in Amazon, we usually focus on launching products, right. And launching new variations and doing your PPC and ranking and all of, all of these activities that we have to, of course, take care of. But one topic that has been coming up um, very often in the in in our episodes here at the podcast is that we at some point, especially maybe like two years into the business, we need to focus on growing our team, right? Because if not, we'll get burnt out at some point, right? Like I know that happened to me, and and now I'm I'm working. I already have a VA, and of course I already have a, a designer that helps me, of course with my with my you know, my, my products, my listings, and also for my, the thumbnails for my YouTube channel. Like he helps me for a ton of things. And, um, and I feel like that is the way, you know, that marks a big difference between someone that is making, of course, a, a few thousand dollars a month in Amazon. And, you know, the seller that is doing several dozen thousand dollars in Amazon uh, a month, right? Um, because you cannot do it all by yourself. And, also, so you keep your motivation, right? Because at some point, uh, whatever it is that you are doing repeatedly and that you're doing for 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day, after 18 months or 24 months, you're burnt out as much as, as I mean, you, you can love it, but still, you know, your, your body gives out. So that is something that I would like uh, people to start thinking about. Um, maybe this is your first year in Amazon and that's fine, but maybe start listening uh, to, you know, these episodes where people such as uh, Rolando, and I know you had Rolando Rosas in, in the podcast because he speaks English too. Um, you know, uh, uh, Juan David as well talked about this. Uh, Rod as well ha talked about this. And I think it's just like very important to start planning this before it's like, before we're like burnt out and it's too late, right? Mm -hmm. And that way we get, we can scale uh, faster and just like with, with less e effort. What's your, uh, Adriana, what's your hobby or what you do to take your mind off of work? Um, you take off your mind off your Amazon business to, you know, relax. Like, uh, what, what do you do for fun? Yeah, well, um, before I got into this whole Amazon, uh, Amazon business world, I was in the, in, in the art business. So I, of course, like to, well, you know, visit museums and, you know, if I can, visit museums with friends and all that, that, you know, the better, of course, but I try to, yes, to, even if it's like at nighttime, right? Like I try to uh, consume content that it's not, or like even listen to podcasts that are not like business related. I basically try to put, you know, if it's after 8 PM, even though, even if there's like this really good uh, podcast episode, I'll watch it tomorrow at 6 PM or whatever, when I take a break from, from work. Um, but I try to put like hard limits because, 
I just do it. I mean, I just do it for the business, right? Like I remember I uh, saw this ad the other day that says that says some, something about your performance uh, of tomorrow basically uh, depends on your recovery uh, tonight, right? Something you know, something in that uh, mm-hmm. in in the, in that frame of words. Um, and so I think it's just very important because we talk about we go on YouTube and we saw we see everything about yeah, you know, you can scale to blah blah blah, and you can be making all this money, but you have to be feeling okay, right? Um, you know, your your body ha- has to be healthy and your mind has to be healthy as well. So that is something to we cannot ignore that. Even if that doesn't sound like, you know, like the sexy tip, I, I feel like that's as important or even more uh, to grow a business, uh, scale it to as big as, as you want, really. Now, I like killing two birds with one stone. So my advice to you, if you want to do that, go to the museum while listening to a podcast and then, <laughs> in, in your headphones. Okay. And then that, now you can kill two birds with one stone. All right. So Marcus, uh, what about you? Uh, one last uh, 30 or 60 second strategy or tip for uh, our audience? Yeah, uh, one tip I learned that will make a lot of changes. Um, Amazon recently announced that they uh, will look for title images that are not meeting the terms of service. And they will use AI to change that. They will download your image, remove everything that doesn't belong there in their opinion and upload it Hmm. again. And that is something you don't want. You don't want an AI to touch your title images. and. And um, Michael from AMZ Boost, a product photographer, he told me, just use your picture space number nine. Nobody looks there. Put, uh, put a title image there that will meet the terms of service. And because it was Amazon is doing first, they will scan your product photos and check if there is something that is compliant to the terms of service. And they will put it to spot number one as your title ah. image. And if they don't find something, they will change it in their terms. So uh, wow. that's an awesome hack. Wow, that's I never heard of that one. That's a really good one. All right, cool. And and then same question to you. Also, is you know you know like me that sometimes we can get uh, and Adriana we can get burnt out, and if we if we put too much emphasis on work. So, what are your hobbies? What are you doing to take yourself out of uh, work when you need to when you, when you need to relax? Um, yeah, my. Um, hobbies are working out. I've got a, my, I've got my home gym in the basement, and that's also a good place to listen something. Or I um, go for a walk at the beach with uh, my, um, yeah, earpods in and listen to a podcast. That's where I um, get new content. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, wish you the most of success. You guys have had already a lot of great success. It's it's going to be really cool uh, to to see the next the next milestone for you guys. I would say is like hitting that 10,000 10, downloads per month. Uh, I never thought that would ever ever happen, but the numbers that you guys are doing are, are are getting close to that. So it's probably within the realm of possibility. But I wish you the most of success with your podcast communities and, and also your Amazon businesses. And we'll see you next year. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Bradley.